Welcome to What Living Means. I'm Vanessa Jasinski. On this episode, we are talking about the idea of home as a personal sanctuary. How do we know how long to hold on to sentimental things in our life, like our children's artwork, a wedding dress, beanie babies? Our guests, Carrie and Katie of the Home Sanctuary, can help walk you through it and achieve perfect harmony at home. By the end of this episode, I promise you, you'll be sorting out every junk drawer in sight. You know, just kind of starting off, how did you guys start the home sanctuary? I mean, the website's beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. You guys are having fun organizing closets. I mean, it should be a fun process, right? It is a fun process for us. It's not for everyone. <laughs> we, we've had some funny comments, but um, okay. So the, the short version of the story is that um, I had kind of organically started this little business that wasn't even official, um, where I was helping people prepare their homes for market to sell their homes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was turning into, well, in order to get this room ready, this closet needs to be organized. It's, you know, it's just kind of a part of the process was decluttering. In the meantime, Katie was working a corporate position for years and, um, you know, having three young children was ready to branch out and do something. And she says that she had dinner with a friend and the friend says, if you could do anything, what would it be? And she said, professional organizing, professional organizing. I mean, who doesn't, who, who's, whose job is that not a dream job for, right? <laughs> I organized my pantry which was very fun. I loved the process and it's kind of cathartic. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's almost like lifting this stuff off your shoulders. The nice thing about organizing is, is you get almost immediate results. You know, you can come in in the morning and by the end of the day, you have transformed someone's space into something that they themselves had usually not mapped out in their own brain. I think that we also did not know what we were getting into when we started this business. We now say the organizing piece is the easy piece and it's the other stuff outside of it that's hard, but it is a very physical job. There is a lot of moving pieces. You have to not only know how the client lives, what their goals are, you know, what are their biggest pain points? How does the family function? You have to know all of those things. Then you take all that information along with measurements that you take, how the space is set up, because no two rooms are the same. No pantry is the same. And you take all that and then you go home. And that's where our brains really have to work because there is a lot of behind the scenes work that goes into making sure that a space is set up correctly. A lot of times clients will say, well, I have these baskets, but they don't really fit, you know, or they don't work in this space. So we have to then figure out what products are going to work. What is their aesthetic? Because that's one thing we really wanted to do when we started this business was make it functional and stylish. You should feel like walking into your closet is kind of a joyful experience, you know, instead of just stuff cluttered all over your floor. So we work really hard to work within budgets of our clients and find products that will maximize the use of spaces. We live in a community that has a a wide variety of housing. We both live in older homes 
And you know, there's not a lot of dream pantries or walk-in closets. So we work in a lot of unique spaces. And the biggest thing that we can tell clients to feel the biggest transformation is usually you need to be able to let some of your stuff go. No matter what your budget is, it, it literally doesn't matter. You can either think of, you know, whatever the space is as being able to like reclaim the space or keep the stuff like, but you can't really have the small space, especially, and all the stuff that you're keeping. It depends on the space. We always say that, you know, we don't like to start with a client if they're having us do multiple spaces, like in the storage room or attic, because that's where like all the emotions are tied into those things. And it's so much harder. It's it's much easier to say, oh, I have nine pizza cutters. Why do I have nine pizza cutters? Let's donate seven. If you're doing that in an attic space and it's, you know, you're talking about nine things that are like wrapped up in your children or your grandparents or whatever, it's much, much harder. So we always encourage people with those like keepsake items to display them. If they bring you joy, like put them in your home. No, you don't have to keep it on your shelf, you know, 12 months of the year. That's another thing we say, rotate items. Like what good is it doing having that special sentimental letter or book or whatever, like just collecting dust or just taking up space in your attic or basement. So one thing goes into another to another. You know, my husband is a book fanatic. Some of them, this is where I have the struggles and maybe you can help us. And I hope he'll tune into this because I want him to hear this. (laughs) I love the fact that he loves his books, but when I say a book on the shelf that is Internet for Dummies from 1993, (laughs) when can you actually differentiate between what is really sentimental and what's just a neurosis maybe? (laughs) A lot of clients can't necessarily take the item out themselves and donate it. But if we come in and we clean up the space, take out the things like the Internet for Dummies, those kinds of, you know, the things that they're not going to, necessarily use again anytime ever again most likely ever ever ever. again if if you remove it from the space and then they they see what it looks like and how freeing that feels a lot of times they'll get home and they'll say I had no idea that all of this stuff was weighing me down it feels so freeing something clicks and all of a sudden they're like oh I don't want this anymore and I don't need this take this and if you're taking it Put it in your car right now. We will drive to the Goodwill is what we do. You know, we take stuff to the Goodwill or wherever they want to donate. And then it's kind of like they didn't have to make the decision. We kind of make the decision for them. There are a lot of people holding on to things that they want to pass down to their kids. Well, their kids are no longer living at home, but the parents still have all these things because when they tried to give all 15 totes of sterilites to their kids, they said, I don't want it. First of all, people are living differently nowadays. Um, like you said, minimalism is more of a, of a trend. People are living in smaller spaces. People prefer to buy new or, and modern things sometimes. Like they love to bring out their grandma's china every now and then, but they don't necessarily want grandma's china buffet and all the silver that goes with, it. you know, or just some, that's just an example. So We tell our clients, if you can pare that down to one box, your child will take that of the things that truly matter, not the 700 
pieces of paper they colored in kindergarten because first of all you don't even probably know if that was that child that really colored that does it have a name on it does it have a date does it have a handprint put that in the recycle bin it's amazing in this last year how many people we have worked with who are like newish empty nesters and keeping just so many things and like their their kids won't take it so we've gotten some of those clients to a point where they're like, okay, I'm ready for it to go. Like my kids absolutely do not want this. And then some who are like, okay, I'm going to make a corner. I want you to make a corner in the back of the storage room. And maybe one day they'll take it. And maybe one day they will. But like Katie said, people are living with less generally, especially millennials, and they don't want it. That whole idea of not trying to just hold on to these things. We're going through that right now. My husband's mother just passed away recently. So we had to go back to New Jersey and pack up the house and come back. And he'd been asking me, do you want Hummels, porcelain type doll things? And there are about a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you go to eBay? Is there someone who might be a collector? So how do you determine how to get rid of this stuff? And a lot of the times I just take it to goodwill, but I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of resources like a Facebook marketplace if people want to sell some things and get a little bit of cash, if they want to put it towards um, something for their kids or a new piece of furniture, how do you how do you determine like what's the best place to maybe sell some of these things? Now, all of those things you said are great. Selling things, if you have the time and the resources, is a wonderful idea. We have found our clients do not have the time yeah. because they are busy professionals. If you want to spend your time putting things up on Facebook Marketplace, go ahead. Usually, though, it's easiest for us to just take it while you're paying for our services and allow us to give it to somebody who really needs it. We work really hard to find organizations locally that around Christmas time, we will try to pair up with some Um, local organizations that take toys that are used but still in very good condition to the Appalachian Mountains here, you know, in Kentucky. Uh, We will donate clothes or give people a place to take clothes for things like Dress for Success. A lot of times that is all that they need to know is that their item is going to benefit somebody and that's all they really need. Now, if they want to sell it, we will help guide that, but we do not recommend it. If you are ready to declutter, now is the time. The likelihood of that still being sitting in your living room in six months, if you're trying to sell it, is pretty high. If it's really valuable, yes, we will help you figure out an antique dealer or somebody that will get you money. And this process, it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Like we we worked with a client a lot in this last year who was kind of like a matriarch type figure in her family. She had so many things that she couldn't bear to part with. She didn't want them. She wanted a family member to want them, right? So to appease her and to see, you know, kind of an experiment, does this work? We brought it all into, you know, her like living room, sitting room. And it made her so happy to see nieces, nephews, whatever, swing by on their lunch break, come shop, take a few things. And after it sat there, you know, for a good 30, 60 days, she was like, okay, let's donate. Let's get it out. 
But that was part of her process and that worked really well for her and it made it a lot easier to part with the rest of it. We're talking a lot about home as sanctuary. Of course, with this year, it's been very difficult for people. And I was working quite a bit from home the first half of the year. And it's funny how you start to notice things in your house. So I'd be on my laptop and I think, oh my gosh, we need to paint, you know, or, <laughs> you know, all yeah. of things started to happen. But I think the reason why I wanted to make these changes in my home is because I, I know my home is that place where I feel safe. I can be myself. I can express myself. So I'm sure your business, mm -hmm. especially during these times, has been really picking up because people are spending so much time in their homes. A hundred percent. It's gone from, you know, we were all obviously quarantined for eight weeks or 12 weeks, or I can't remember now what it was where we didn't work at all. And then we slowly dipped our toes and the phone just kept ringing. The emails kept coming in. And, and now we're to the point where, you know, right before we jumped on this call, we're having the conversation about, are we ready to hire? Like we're only two people and we are trying to figure out how to maximize our time. And of course we have other side projects that we dream about and it feels like we could probably be booked to the end of I the year. I love to hear this because I think, there's this whole sense of pride in home again. Yes. And so now I think people are more prideful. They take ownership and they want to do these things to improve not only on the house, but it helps them just with their own wellness. Absolutely. When I redid my pantry and I got rid of that 2014 pineapple you know, <laughs> can, I was so excited. I felt like I had accomplished something. And, you know, when we're so focused on work, that's great. And you feel accomplishments at work. But then when you're able to go home and declutter and do all of that, you just feel as as a person more accomplished. Yes. And we want nothing more than for people to truly feel like their home is their sanctuary. I mean, that is how we came to the name of our business. I mean, something you said, you know, I did a, an accent wall during like heavy duty quarantine in my bedroom and wallpapered, you know, a wall behind my bed. And I cannot tell you what that did for me because we weren't traveling, we weren't going anywhere, but it it became like, God, I'm like, this is totally my sanctuary. I want to go in here and be alone and block out the noise and it makes me happy. That is what we want people to feel when we leave their space, you know, whether it be their master closet or their storage room or their pantry. I mean, we've had people after we've done their closet, say, I just want to sit in here. Like, this just makes me so happy. And we get it. You know, it's calm. It's beautiful. It's functional. It makes you feel good. And we're not even saying it needs to be major projects like God bless Carrie for, you know, taking on wallpapering her own room. But like, it could be little things like adding a green plant, changing out a couple throw pillows. It does not have to be excessive home renovations. You can do little things to make your space feel much more welcoming. And there's so much chaos going on in the world and your work environment, all the hustle and bustle. When you get home, that's where you should be able to decompress and like have that sigh of, okay, I can do this. One thing Carrie and I always talk about is that there are going to be different phases of your life where you are going to be more organized and more put together than other phases. You, If you have a newborn baby or 
four kids at home, all in different sports activities, you're probably not going to be as put together as the empty nester who, you know, has a little more time in the evening. So sometimes we do encourage parents to embrace it just a little bit because it's not going to last forever. Those baby toys are not going to be there forever. Not that you can't be organized, but like you were saying about, you know, separating your kids' toys, my youngest are twins and they're now 12. Well, let me tell you, when they were 18 months, when they were two, four, it was a different world I was living in, in my home. So my expectations, because they had no choice, got lowered, you know, and and the standard became different than what it is today. Maybe it just is better to have the basket full of mishmash toys as long as you, the parent, don't have to see the, you know, the crazy mess past 7 p.m. or whatever your <laughs> threshold might be. This is a really crazy story, but my mom said to me, she said, you have to start buying your son toys with color. And I was like, mom, they don't match the house. Primary colors do not match my house. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> But you're right. They're obnoxious and they are, you know, they can make you feel really weighed down. So hiding them behind the chair, when we have a client we're working with now, it's the same thing. We have, you know, she has those QB systems and they're hidden behind the sofa so that when you sit there to decompress at night or whatever, you're not visually overstimulated because that's what clutter does. It, it overstimulates us. There are a few simple things that Carrie and I try to do on the daily. Carrie and her family call it the daily reset. 10 minutes, the end of the day, everybody gets their stuff. Your backpacks are emptied. The blankets are put away. The toys are put away. The dishes are in the dishwasher. Now we're going to sit down and relax. Then when you wake up in the morning, you're not feeling all that chaos of trying to find your keys and your socks or whatever to get out the door. So your day starts off better and your night ends better because you have cleared a little bit of the clutter. The other thing we say to do at least weekly is go through the mail and all the paperwork that comes home with your children and decide right then and there, I don't need this recycle. And hide it. If you have to hide it, hide it. Yeah. My husband is a collector of t-shirts. I got so annoyed one day and that's why I did my pantry project. I was putting away his clothes in our shared closet. Mm -hmm. I couldn't place something on the top of the top shelf. I had to throw it up there because the piles are so high on top of the top shelf that everything fell on my head. <laughs> I went through these t-shirts and I thought, what is this shirt? Weird t-shirts. And he does have that sentimental value. So I guess my question would be, I'm pretty organized and I'm really, um, this is really bad for me to say, but my husband always tells me this, that I'm really more form over function and he's more about the function of things. So when you have that Mm-hmm. you know, juxtaposition of people in your house, like a couple or a family, how do you even help them get through that? Because I mean, my husband, he wants to hold on to things and I am, let's get rid of it. It's interesting. It's not an easy thing to solve. I mean, to be honest, it's not. I mean, and we have couples who battle each other over that kind of thing. And so you've got to figure out what the happy medium is. You know, maybe he reduces his t-shirts by 25%. 
um, you know, and you start there. Another thing we always suggest, um, because it's pleasing to the eye for form, but it's also very functional, is to have t-shirts or sweaters or whatever in some type of containment on the yeah. shelf so that, you know, if it's not in a drawer and it's in an open shelf in a closet, which is, I'm assuming, kind mm-hmm. of what you're describing is that it's, it's in a basket that makes you happy, like, yeah. <laughs> but that makes both of you happy. And then therefore the t-shirts can live in there and what doesn't fit in there. Well, let's, let's think about what we can get rid of, you know, and there's a lot of people who have the philosophy, you know, you buy something new, then something has to leave the closet. And that's not hard for me or Katie to wrap our brains around, but we understand that many people have that like psychological block that, that they can't, you know, they have a harder time doing that. So it's, it's kind of just changing a mindset and thinking about not only the function, but the form. So yes, you want to keep all those t-shirts. Well, let's measure and let's see what we could get to contain them. So they're not spilling out, falling on my head and you can pull out the basket when you want to choose what t-shirt to wear. Is it okay, do you think, while my husband is out of town, for me to go in and just reduce his (laughs) t-shirt collection? Well, we wouldn't judge you. (laughs) So what would you say would be the first room people should tackle when they want to start doing this? We say the kitchen for numerous reasons. One, it is not as sentimental. That being said, you know, there's sometimes the pan from your grandmother, but overall, the kitchen is a safe place to start. We also say the kitchen is the heart of your home. I mean, that is for sure. When we help people move in, we tell them we're starting in your kitchen. If you can have your kitchen set up, somehow all of a sudden you feel a little bit like you can tackle the rest of your spaces. You've been living probably out of a box for who knows how long. You've been stressed out by moving. And what we see when we go into people's kitchens is all of that, when they got there, they just threw everything into a cabinet. And they've lived that way for 20 years because they just dealt with it. So our goal is to take it all out, start with the kitchen, because again, heart of the home, if you set it up the right way, your whole life seems to kind of flow a little bit better. You know, you know where we base everything in the kitchen around how you're going to put your dishes away is based off of where your dishwasher is located. And then a lot of times nowadays, you're also melding together two families or, you know, two, a couple that they both come into it with the seven pizza cutters. So it's helping to declutter that space. And then it seems they realize how good that feels. And they're like, all right, now I want to get to the closet. Now I want to get to the basement. But that's a really good starting point. And one thing I have said for kids things and for kitchen appliances, if you did not use it during quarantine, you need to get it out of your house right now. (laughs) I was just going to say one thing that didn't come up in this whole podcast, which is kind of funny on our part, is that in order to maintain any organization, and we do this in every single space across the board, is label. And, And I, it doesn't have to be a fancy label like some of the ones we make, but if things are labeled, even the smallest of humans in your home can help put things away. And that 
that rings true, even if you're setting up a, an NTI cart or whatever, if everything has a home and, and you know, like even for, you know, some of our clients who have smaller kids, we've used pictures as a label because they're too young to read, but they know that the trucks all go here or the crayons or, you know, whatever it is that the space is. We set up a homeschool area just yesterday mm-hmm. and was as simple as just having, you know, a container to hold the papers that they're working on. And then another little box that held, you know, their school books. And just so that there's a little bit of um, more respect that you're giving to the space, I guess. And and that makes it feel more important and you take ownership. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I love this topic and I'm so excited that you guys were able to come on the show and really appreciate all of this. I think our listeners are going to get such a benefit out of this. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Before we go, I am so thrilled to announce the winner of the What Living Means Song Contest. On the last episode, we asked our Yes Communities residents to submit to us their best music track. Thank you so much to all who submitted. The level of talent within our communities is truly inspiring. Okay, without further ado, hailing all the way from Little Elm, Texas, here is Sasha Edwards, Boys and Girls. Take it away, Sasha. Don't need no one else to 